All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Yellow Card Podcast, presented to you by College Guys Sports, sponsored by the one and only true friends that we have here at College Guys Sports. That is Shocked Energy and Exogun. I myself am getting an Exogun uh, this week. Use my use my code CGS10. They got some deals going on. That 10%, it's coming in handy, very handy. So check out exogun.com, that 10%, all baby. Your, your boys take care of you guys. Take care of the boys back. Use the code CGS10. Save 10% off. Help a brother and tell a brother. Um, anyways, Shocked Energy. Make sure you go over to shockedenergy.com or shockhydrate.com. Check out the new product. Check out the merchandise. And while you're at it, save another 10% on your boys as well. So it's Yellow Car episode 80. Number one, I, I I cannot believe that we even made it to 80 episodes. But number two, Jones, how are we feeling, buddy? 80 episodes in. I, again, like you said, I don't know who okayed you and I to not only run yeah, a podcast, I don't know that either. but have it for 80 episodes. Yep. Yep. I don't know that either. But um, 80 episodes in, doing pretty darn good. Predictions going in hot. Um we started a new well. You started a new segment, but we made it official on the on the podcast uh, called the MLS, uh, whatever it is that you're calling it now. MLS, MLS best what? selection, dude. MLS best selection. So it's a it's a beautiful thing that you're calling it. Yeah. Uh, so we got we got a lot of soccer to talk about today. We're talking EPL, Champions League, Europa League, MLS, Serie A, Manchester United breaking news over the weekend so we, we we got a lot going on got a lot a lot a lot going on oh and also I, also some rumors that we're talking about today so yee. listen my absolute favorite is uh close friends of mine that listen to the podcast sometimes question my liverpool fandom because they're always like guys talk about manchester united just an awful lot i'm like well it, it's just they're the team that draws the the news attention right now yeah you know yeah. That's the headlines right now. That's what we're talking about. Also, Dude, there's nothing. There's nothing listen, negative to talk about uh, uh, Liverpool right now. They're, yeah, no. they're in everything. Well, listen, listen to. Also, I want it on the record. Um, I have so many ideas. Year two has been fucking fantastic for us. Excuse my French, but year three, I have so many ideas, and we're going to expand the way you look at the Yellow Card Podcast. There we go. I like it. I like it. So first and foremost, let's get the show started. Number one, a huge thank you to every single one of you that have tuned in week in and week out. Listen to all of our episodes, 80 episodes in. And I can't believe that all of you are listening every single week so faithfully to us. So truly appreciate you. If you are not following the podcast yet, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Podcast Card. Again, that handle is at Podcast Card. Uh, I heard that Elon Musk is a huge fan of soccer, so he might be listening to us now that he bought uh now that he bought Twitter. So who knows? We might get a little bit of following from our boy Elon. But uh much like Elon, we gotta get predictions going. We gotta get real hot. So without further ado, Jones, select the league that you want to start with. You got Europa League, Champions League, and EPL. Go. We're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start off in the in the Champions League. It's the, right, the fun one this, thing. this week, the first leg of the Champions League. Let's go over the Champions League record, shall we? Let's do it. 
Uh, so through 120 matches in the Champions League so far Jeez. this year, uh, a lot of matches. Diego sitting at 63 and 57. So if I do my math right, that is 52.5%. Yep. Which is pre- pretty solid overall. Then we have myself at 70 and 50, sitting at 58.3%. Very also nice. Very, very well. Very well. Okay. First game to talk about happening on Tuesday, April 25th, Manchester City hosting Real Madrid. Now, the first thing I'm going to tell you, Diego, and I'm looking at this, I can't believe how heavy of a favorite that Manchester City is over Real Madrid right now. It is absolutely yeah. mind-boggling to me. That's that's for starters for me. What do you what do you think here? I'm going with a 1-1 draw. I think these teams are very similar. Um, Ancelotti, for some odd reason, in some way, has figured out a way to be able to play well against a Pep Guardiola system. So I'm going with a 1-1 draw. I do think City still has a lot of chaos to provoke, so um, can't count them out just yet. See, don't get me wrong. I'm praying for the draw because that's big value right there. Yeah. One thing I think though is, and people are are looking at this the 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 total of goals right now. I'm looking at the, the, the line. Sorry to go into the gambling aspect of it, but it's just it's how my mind works for certain yep. situations like this. It said it over two and a half. It's heavy, heavy. Like that's where the money is. It's like minus one fifty for over two and a half goals. Dang. So the one one draw, you would hit the under. You would get the draw. Would be a lot of money. I just think for me. In the Champions League, Real Madrid 4-1 on the road. The city is 4-0-1 at home. So something's got to give there. I think realistically, I think City wins 2-1 just because it's that Ethiad. But I would not be surprised with a, with a draw like Diego said as well. I think both teams are physical. You know, Kareem Benzema is just known for scoring these big goals. Yeah. I think he's scoring for sure in this matchup. However, I just think City is going to have one more hit the back of the net than Real Madrid. And also, I like Ederson better than Courtois, so that also plays into yep. the fact as well. Yep. All right. Next one. <clears throat> Another heavy favorite. Uh, Liverpool hosting Villarreal. Yep. Again, another one where the goal line, uh, the, the total goals is two and a half. It's like, a, it's almost like, it's like a minus 175 right now, which is crazy to me. Holy crap. So, Liverpool 8-1-1 in the Champions League. They've been phenomenal. Um, what do we think? Like, they haven't, they haven't met. Yeah, no, they haven't, they haven't met. Um, but during the time of Premier League, when Unai Emery was in the Premier League, and every time that he faced Jurgen Klopp, it was always either a draw or very similar styles of play. So if there's somebody that can somewhat figure out Jurgen Club right now, it's Unai Emery and also Prep Guardiola. But that's besides the point. I'm going with a two-to-one victory here for Liverpool. Um, I do think this is a very, very, very uh, close match. I think both teams have different styles of football to offer that counteract and counter meet themselves in the middle. Uh, therefore, leaving for either creativity or long through balls that either defense will not be ready for, especially in the 
in the later minutes of the game towards the 70th, 80th minute. I think realistically what Villarreal is going to try to do is they're going to try to play Liverpool like everything played Liverpool uh, this this pat in their last matchup. So with that being said, I think the result is the same. Maybe different goal scorers, but I'll take Liverpool 2-0 to win nice. over nice. Villarreal. Uh, what a head of by uh, Origi the other night. Oh, my God, yeah. In the Merseyside. Yep. He's uh-huh. just – him Him scoring against Everton, it's just money every single time. All right, let's move over towards the, um, the Europa League. Another two games going on. Uh, record so far in the Europa League, Jones – Doing pretty well, 21 and 20. Nice job. And uh, myself at 19 and 22. Just got to get above that uh, 500 ne- uh, bottleneck, but we'll get there eventually. Um, all right. First leg, we got West Ham and Frankfurt. They haven't met, I don't think, ever at this point. Uh, what, are we, what are we thinking right now? This one to me, so Frankfurt – is interesting because of the fact that if you look at it, they drew Barcelona in their first matchup and then they went into Barca and were up three nothing before winning mm-hmm. three to two. Mm-hmm. So you got to give them a little bit of credit here, but it's at West. No, is it at West Ham? I believe I it is at West Ham. Off the t- it is at West Ham, correct? Uh, with with it being at West Ham, I'll give them the edge here. I like West Ham two nil. That was very close. That almost came very, very close. I'm going two to one West Ham. Uh, I do think, I do think that Moise and company will figure this one out. Uh, and I do think it's going to be competitive. But I agree much with what you said. Um, the only rebuttal I have is that Barcelona does not offer the same style of play that West Ham is currently offering right now. And with that, it leaves for a little bit of room of uh, of improvement in the style of play that we will see later on this week in this Europa League match. Um, but let's move on. RB Leipzig takes on Rangers. What are we thinking? So Leipzig, to me, hasn't lost a match in their last 10. And Rangers have lost two out of their last three overall. So if you're looking at it, kind of look and you go, favors Leipzig. I actually think this game is at Leipzig. I think Rangers go in there. I think they put on massive effort. I think they come away with a 1-1 draw. Okay. Okay. Um, well, so for Rangers, it's a little bit tough right now. Um, they just lost their striker in Alfredo Morelos, who is to undergo surgery that will end the rest of his season. So with that said, they're they're down a man. That's why they've lost the past couple of of uh, games. They, they managed to make it out of that situation. I do believe that they have what it takes to take on Leipzig. I don't believe that they have a full tank. Uh, I think they'll win this one two nothing, but I wouldn't be surprised against the draw. Uh, what was your what was your uh, your prediction again, Jones? I had one one draw. You had Leipzig two nothing. Uh, no, I have Rangers 2 nothing. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. So we'll go with that. Um, all right, let's move on to the, the bulk of the of the uh, Champions League. With this one, there's really not much to talk about. First and second place are basically battling. In the EPL. Talking in the EPL. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Champions 
the champions themselves are in the league themselves. They there you go. So for the EPL, the first and second place are basically just battling against each other. One is waiting to lose, the other one's waiting to win and watch the other one lose, or vice versa. Um, Chelsea's basically in for Champions League already. They're already solidified. Now the battle is between four, fifth, and six. Uh, with fourth already basically looking pretty good to to go in and, and take care of business. Um, Antonio Conte, we got some rumors going on, which we'll get into that later. So with that said, we'll, what we'll do for the uh, for the Premier League is we'll just do a rapid fire round to not take too long because we do have other topics to talk about that. Uh, I'm sure Jones and I are going to want to get into conversations of that as we're talking off air and we're already having some pretty decent conversations. So um, for starters, for the record, although we did not have an episode last week to give you predictions for the champ- for the Premier League, uh, Jones and I did kind of talk off air and we kind of rattled some predictions off of each other. We went basically 10 and 7, which that improves our records to 36 and 39 for, for myself and Jones improves to 35 and 40. Um, with that said, let's get into it. First up, Manchester United versus Chelsea coming up this Thursday. What are you thinking? Real quick, I mean, in their last seven, uh, these two teams have drawn five out of the last seven, and the other two times Manchester United has won. I'm going to continue the trend here. I think it's a 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw. All right. Uh, I'm thinking three to one Chelsea on this one. Chelsea hasn't beaten United since 2017 in Premier League, by the way. Just so you know. Liverpool has also not whooped United's ass this bad in a while. So that's true. All right. Uh, Liverpool, Newcastle. Yeah. Yep. I like this matchup a lot. I do think it's a little bit close. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Liverpool. They'll take care of business, especially with the battle uh, for the for the front place. I'm going two to one Liverpool. I got the same score, and for me too. And it begins. <laughs> and for me too, this also has um, very much so revenge vibes for Newcastle because of the fact of they already played them this year before uh, their big changes, and Liverpool wiped them three one at home. Yeah. So with yeah. them and New- them at Newcastle. I think it's going to be a tough game. And, of course, after coming off of, if you think about it, coming off their uh, UCL game, it's just going to be a tough tough play for them. Yep. All right, let's move on. We got Watford versus uh, Burnley. I got 2-1 to one Burnley. There's not much to say about this match. What do you got? I got Watford 2-1 to one here. Um, is it 2-1 to one Burnley? Yeah. I think with it being at Watford, I think – they're going to play Burnley tough enough where they get the job done here. And if I'm not mistaken, they're still kind of fighting their way to stay in the, the Premier League as well, aren't they? Yeah, in a way. Yep. So right now you're looking at it there. They're only at – where are they points? Was? 27. Eh. But they could play spoiler here and try to bring Burnley down with them. But I like Watford at home. Okay. All right. Moving on, we got Southampton versus Crystal Palace. I like Crystal Palace a lot. I'm going to go 2 nothing, uh, CP. Palace, 2 nothing for you. I'm going to 1-1 draw here. All right. Um, I just think Vieira's team's played well, and Southampton at home is just a tough, tough place to play. 
tough to tough to win away. Okay. We got Aston Villa taking a Norwich. I'm taking Aston Villa one nothing. I got Villa. I got Villa two nothing. Then Coutinho and Danny Ings put the put the pair of goals in. There you go. I like it. Wolves versus Brighton. Um, I think this one is a very similar style of play. I got one one draw. Wolves at home is the only reason why I'm taking them here. I'm going Wolves one nothing. All right. Leeds versus Manchester City. I got this one as the blowout of the week. Four nothing for Manchester City. Well, uh, this is where my bias comes in a little bit here. I'm taking a one-one draw. Wow. Leeds is Leeds is Leeds and City have the same record in their past five games. Uh, Jesse Marsh has played very well so far, and I think realistically, if you're if we're looking at it, I think this team is is where it needs to be right now. To, to not only move forward, but to continue with success building up into next year. I think this would be a big stepping stone for it. Give me the draw on that one. All right. I like it. Nothing wrong with it. Tottenham taking on Leicester City. Um, I got two to one Tottenham on this one. Uh, just write down the same score. All right. Same winner. Same winner. Yep. Everton versus Chelsea. I got 3-0 Chelsea. Ooh. Now, remember when I said off air, I was, was talking about a little bit of biasy that I had here? Yeah. This is, this is part of it. So I had Watford beating Burnley. I have Everton drawing at Goodison Park against Chelsea 1-1. So they'll technically only be – they'll technically only be a point back with a yeah. game at hand. Okay. Moving on, we got a pretty good battle between the west and east side of London. West Ham versus Arsenal. I got a 1-1 draw on this one. I got Arsenal 2-0. I think West Ham's going to be a little bit tired after their matchup with Frankfurt on Thursday as well. All right. While Arsenal will have a little bit of the fresher legs. Manchester United taking on Brentford. That is on Monday, May 2nd. We're predicting this one because we will be recording on Monday. Therefore, it would not be enough time for us to give you a prediction. I'm going with a 2 nothing victory for United on this one. What are you going with? 1-3-1. 3-1, all right. 3-1. Brentford or United? I have United. to ask. <laughs> United. If it was at Brentford, I, I, I might have said Brentford, but it's, it's at... It's at um, Old Trafford, so we'll go with United. All right. So that does it for the prediction round of this uh, this episode, episode, episode number 80. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we got a couple of rumors, and we got some breaking news. I'll leave it off to Jones to start with either one, or if he wants to go to the MLS best selection, let's go to the MLS best selection. I'll save the MLS best selection for last. It's the last All time right. we look forward to it at our show. So, which uh, which topic do you want to go into next? Um. So, obviously, the United stuff. We'll just, just get it out of the way. All right, let's do it. So, Manchester United. We got breaking news from Manchester United that, that happened over the weekend. Eric Ten Hag officially appointed as the new manager of this uh 
team, club, organization, whatever the heck you want to call it, disaster, handicap, match. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, but handicap er- match, wrong podcast. Eric Ten Hag has been now announced as the uh, new person in charge of the Manchester United football team with Ralph Rennick staying in the club as the consultancy role that he uh, that he agreed to take on when he took over the interim management job for United. Um, what, what are some thoughts? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of thoughts going on. There's a lot of rumors already going on about what he will have to do and what he will be looking to do, plus the budget that he'll be working with and all that stuff. So what are your thoughts as you uh, as you hear this announcement from a Liverpool uh, fan base standpoint. So even when Ralph Regnick was hired, you know, you looked at it and said that this team had a step in the right direction. You knew Ragnick wasn't going to be the, the, the guy for long, but you knew he was going to be the guy that could help build the future. And Ten Hag is the guy that will build for the future. This yep. United team is going to see a big, big shakeup this summer in the transfer window. And realistically speaking, looking at it, I would say you're looking at potential double digits of the door for 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 players, yes. including I'll say along with some big names, along with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Paul Pogba, and for Diego's sake, I'm going to say Harry Maguire. As well. <clears throat> oh, thank God! Yep, yep. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think the Ten Hag appointment, it's, it's an excellent appointment. I kind of wish that the contract was a little bit longer. Uh, he is contracted through 2025 with an option for an additional year. Uh, it's a safeguard of a contract, but it's not a contract that really allows for Ten Hag to fully develop his five-year plan with United. Um, one of the one of the portions of the five year plan that that Ten Hag definitely has is to stop bringing big name tickets to United, and that is something that way before, way 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 before Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was appointed, that was something that I had mentioned. Uh, United has been going for this big ticket names for the sake of things to have a big name in their club, and it's just not in that DNA. If you look at the previous. United legacy, who they were and what they were before they even came to United. It, it, it makes sense why big names just don't work out of Manchester United. If you look at Paul Scholes, Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, uh, you know, you look at Tim Howard, who he was before he even joined United. Uh, Wayne Rooney, he was super young before he even reached United level. He was developing at Everton, but it wasn't like, oh my God, Wayne Rooney is everything that everybody, everybody needs to get. He wasn't that. <clears throat> uh, you know, you look at Dimitri Berbatov, you look at you, Ruben Nesteroy, you know, you look at some of these people and you're just saying, you know, who were they before they even reached United and what made them who they were? And it's reaching United. Uh, what made them who they were and why they're such big names at, at this day and age. Uh, bringing somebody, you know, big names like uh, Edison Cavani, Bruno Fernandes, Cristiano Ronaldo to this team, it's just, 
in a way, does it make sense? In a way, it made sense for Cristiano Ronaldo? Because I'll be honest with you, if it wasn't for Cristiano Ronaldo coming into this team and being the leading striker for this team this year, uh, United's situation would be far worse. We could even be talking relegation purposes at this point. Uh, but with that being said, I do agree that Ten Hag definitely needs to clear out this team, needs to do a lot of maintenance in this team, uh, and needs to build around some of the younger players. He needs to, number one, be able to find a way to maintain Marcus Rashford in this team. I think if he builds around a solid base of youngsters like Rashford, Fernandez, uh, Sancho, and... Um, and Diogo Dalot to stay in the team, he will have a solid base to 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 have a solid foundation with. I'll even say Fred should stay with the team because he is that energetic, high tempo guy that you need in the midfield, especially at this day and age. Um, everyone else can leave the team. I could care less. Uh, I think at this point, David De Gea definitely deserves the captainship of this team. He just hasn't had the opportunity. And if there's any team that comes knocking at the door of David De Gea, I don't think that if he was to be sitting down at his table thinking with all five of his senses, that he should, you know, that he should turn down that opportunity. Because to be frankly honest, at this point, you've made a career already of Manchester United. You already have a decent legacy. Uh, if you want to move on elsewhere, you should move on elsewhere. You you have the talent to be able to do that. And who knows, maybe a new opportunity elsewhere will, will bring him to be uh, to championship caliber. He deserves to be a champion and he hasn't had the opportunity to do so in quite a long time uh, at this point. So Manchester United, if anything, is doing a disservice to David De Gea. Uh, everyone else, like I said, can leave the club. Edison Cavani is just too old to stay in this team. We already failed with, with signing big-name strikers. Like, I mean, Orion and Gallo was the first failure that we had. We just loaned them back to another team. That makes no sense. Bringing Edison Cavani made no sense here. He was solid, but it wasn't like he shook the ground when he started here. Um, so Edison Cavani will be going. Nemanja Matic, I hate that he's leaving, but I understand why he's leaving, and it makes sense. Uh, he deserves to go to a to – a, to a slower-paced league, like the Italian league. I think he will thrive there. Uh, you know, then you look at everything else. Victor Lindelof, Harry Maguire, you look at Eric Bayou, Juan Mata, uh, Aaron Juan Bezaka. A, a lot of these guys that just don't make sense to stay in the team. It's a lot of money to be staying in the team. Um, and quite frankly, the contributions just haven't been all that outstanding. Anthony Marshall should seek a full-term contract with wherever he is, whether it's Sevilla or whether Sevilla decides to, to send him back. He deserves a contract elsewhere. I don't think he will do any good at all in Manchester United, especially under the Ten Hag uh, caliber. Uh, I do think, again, I do. the only problem that I have with this contract for Ten Hag is that I think it deserves to be a little bit longer. I think it should go until 2026, with an option to extend in 2027 because it does not take two years to rebuild this Manchester United team to the place that it needs to rebuild. And one thing that I'll add that Ralph Rennick said very well, very well, and I full heartedly agree with him, is <coughs> when you <clears throat> when you look at teams like Manchester City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, the foundations that they have right now 
are foundations of people that have worked about five to six years to get them to where they are. Jurgen Klopp has not had Liverpool be where they are right now if he was in his first season. In fact, his first season, they ended in eighth place and they survived somehow, some way, while they were facing a lot of injuries and a lot of attitudes in that locker room. But Jurgen Klopp took that team and rebuilt it basically after having about five to six different signings in the following season where he brought in great names um, that really are now the center core of that whole entire team. You're talking about Mo Salah, you're talking about Sadio Mane, you're talking about Firmino, you're talking about Divac Origi, you're talking about Sheridan Shakiri. Oh, I mean, say Allison Becker, baby. Come yeah, on. Allison, oh, Allison Becker, absolutely. I can't forget about that. Uh, the only signing that really flopped on Jurgen Club was uh, uh, Carius, but I mean, that's long forgotten. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, right. But that's all forgotten. Other than that, I mean, this guy, if you look at Jurgen Club, he's been a genius with the amount of money that he's been given to spend. They still have budget rollover for following openings where he might need a, a band aid or two here and there. I mean, look at, for example, Ozan, Ozan Kavak. He did a solid contract for the guy. Um, he, was, he worked out perfectly fine for Liverpool, and now he's moved on to Norwich City. So, um, frankly, that's something that they have should do. Um, I don't think that United should be looking to be back at Champions League, though. Uh, it would be at the service to the team. It would be at the service to uh, everything has. And, frankly, after all those people finally leave the club, I want to know what the actual budget will be for Manchester United because right now they're talking – Figuratively, anywhere between 150 million to 200 million dollars worth of, uh, I mean, 200 million euros worth of expenditures available for Ten Hag. But quite frankly, after all those names clear out the names, clear out the club, that's about it's going to be, it's going to be close about to three, 350, double. 375. Yeah. yeah, that's about double. So, frankly, uh, this is a great opportunity for somebody as young as Ten Hag. And I wish him nothing but the best. I have no expectations other than hopefully Anthony into um into Manchester United one thing to add as well <clears throat> and this is a guy that you've wanted United to use more and he's going to get used more in turn high system when he comes back from his loan at Everton and that's Donny van de Beek yeah yeah I I think so too um I just I I don't want to see the only thing that I don't want to see Ten Hag do is bring the base that he had at at Ajax and bring it here to Manchester United. Not every player will work the same. I don't think I I don't think so. I agree with you 100 there. I think you might get a guy or two, but Donny Van de Beek. We've seen what he can do in the EPL. We've seen what he can do in the top levels of European football competition yep. with yep. Manchester United and playing in a system like Ten Hag's is. I think he would flourish in that. So yep. I'm excited to see him in a United uniform next year. The only additional like <clears throat> piece of excitement that I have for Manchester United is the fact that finally the board decided to realize to listen to somebody like Ralph Rennick and follow his advice of letting Ten Hag have a say on every single one of those signings. Yeah. You just cannot continue to be down on this roller coaster of saying, oh, I want to sign it like Erling Haaland. Well, what does Sir Alex Ferguson think? What does Gary Neville think? What does Wayne King who the fuck cares about what those guys think? 
They're no longer in the team. They don't, they don't even make a decision on the team anymore. Got to let go of that. The past is the past. Got to let it go. Um, but that's all for Ten Hag. Uh, we also got some rumors going on for the EPL. Antonio Conte rumored uh, by various reports to potentially be the next head coach of Paris Saint-Germain. What do we think? What do we think? Where does Pochettino land, especially now that it is said to be Pochettino's last season with PSG? Uh, where does he land? Does he stay? Does he renew? Does he go elsewhere? Who replaces Pochettino? Uh, and what are some what are some moves that we could think could happen in this in this next year, uh, manager uh, management wise? I listen. It's just. You got to feel for Tottenham here. I mean, <laughs> since we've started the podcast, they're now going to be on their fourth manager if, yep. if Antonio Conte leaves. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit ridiculous, for especially for a world-class club like Tottenham is. So, for me, I, I look at it and – I mean, Antonio I shouldn't Conte, say much. I shouldn't say yeah. much considering United's gone the same way. But Correct. The only thing is for me is if Conte leaves Tottenham to go to PSG, it leaves two two things for me. One, it leaves me that Conte wasn't going to get what he wanted in Tottenham for the summer, which is a huge issue, if that's the case, because of how quickly he revamped this team and how he's set this team up for success in potential Champions League football next season. And two, it just makes me believe that Tottenham's ownership doesn't trust their own process in building towards the future. They're in win-now mode, but you can't win now if you have a turnstile of, of managers coming in left and right. It's ridiculous how how crazy these past year and a half has been as a taught for any Tottenham football player or Tottenham fan as well. So for me, does Conte go there? I mean, if PSG is going to give him the keys, Conte is going to go anywhere where someone's going to give him the keys to do whatever he wants. Yeah, that's the yeah. big thing. That's why he left Inter, and that's why he can't Tottenham because he was under the impression he was getting the keys to Tottenham for their future. But if PSG is going to do it, obviously, does that play into Mbappe staying? Maybe, who knows? But I don't know. It's just, it's curious to see. For Pochettino, I mean, people are rumbling about him going to Real Madrid to play Central Audi. Let's, let's nip that in the butt right now. That does not happen. No shot whatsoever. I think. If Diego Simeone were to leave, I think he would fill in for Atletico Madrid right there. But other than that, I don't see Pochettino going back to the Premier League. La Liga, besides Atletico Madrid, if Simeone leaves, I think we see him in Serie A. I think, realistically speaking, we could see him as the manager of a team like Napoli or Lazio. To be honest with you. Okay. Um Two things I'll say real quick. Number one for Conte at Tottenham. And then there's two theories that I'm working on right now. Number one, that being the case that Antonio Conte basically said to Daniel Levy, basically, I'll get your team back on the on their horses to get back to Champions League, but I'm not sure I want to stay. And that is exactly what's happening here. Exactly what is happening here. The second point being, maybe Daniel Levy doesn't have as much money as he thinks he does have, and therefore with necessary needs 
for the summer transfer window needed within Tottenham and for the agenda that Antonio Conte has, they kind of both agreed and said, let's do the team a service. Let me leave. Let me continue my management career. And you build your team to how you want, spending the little money that you want to spend. Because if there's an owner that is extremely cheap in the Premier League, it's Daniel Levy. There is nobody else cheaper than him. So <clears throat> I think those are the two theories happening. Number one, could Pochettino come back to Tottenham? Absolutely. I think there's still a story waiting to be written there. We've seen teams bring back their coaches in the Sedan, For example, it was brought back to Real Madrid. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti was brought back to Real Madrid. So we've seen that happen. We've seen that work to its advantage and work to its disadvantages as well. So Pochettino could very well come back to, to Tottenham and thrive into that system. Uh, wouldn't be a bad thing if he did like a one-year contract to see how he can do. And then from there, go on. Uh, <clears throat> I do think realistically, though, Pochettino could land in one or two places. I do agree with the Napoli take. I do agree that Pochettino could land in Napoli. But something tells me that Pochettino could very well also land at a team with not that much of a high rate around them, but still big enough. And that is Ajax. I could see him landing in Ajax, somewhere where he could basically redo the wheel that he did at Tottenham and leave after that. So that those are the two places where I could see him landing. Um, other than that, I mean, Pochettino doesn't really have much of a purpose in the Premier League. I, I didn't want him as a United team coach. I, it's not the appropriate time for him to be in. Um yeah, I, I just don't see where else he could go. And I don't think he's ready for, for Spanish La Liga either. Uh, if somebody like Diego Simeone is to leave, Diego Simeone is probably going to be the replacement of Pep Guardiola Manchester City. Let's be honest about that. That's the only place where I could see Diego Simeone going. Or maybe even Bayern Munich. Yeah. Uh, so if Conte leaves Tottenham, what do you think? Who do you think is going to be their next manager? For Tottenham? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think there's three names. I think there is Brendan Rodgers. I think he would be a great fit for Tottenham. Uh, he's already established man in the, in the Premier League. There's no question about his record. He could do very well there. Um, I think somebody like somebody like Pochettino could come back for sure. You know, you just said he won't come anywhere close to EPL. Well, he wouldn't go anywhere else for the EPL. I think Tottenham is his only home for the EPL. I was like, Tottenham brings it back. Um, but other than that, give me another for, name for Tottenham, give me the name we talked about off air. Give it, give it to me. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy would be the only really good choice for Tottenham, and that name is Roberto Mancini. That's a philosophy that you need to implement here. Somebody who's just got to tell it to you straight like it is and be able to build a powerhouse of a team. If Tottenham has expectations of being this big nightmare in the Premier League, that is the guy that you need to bring in and trust them with his plan for the first three years. I think it's going to be Brendan Rodgers personally. <clears throat> I just – it makes sense. 
you and I both thought at one point he was the, the next manager for Manchester United before the rag. And I would have loved that over at Pochettino. So, Don't get me wrong. Realistically, I think he's poised to take a step up. Uh, Leicester right now, I just think they're in like a little bit of a middle of the table purgatory that they kind of have to adjust. And I think in order to do that, they might need to shake some things up and to shake some things up, they might need a new manager. Because the thing is, for Rodgers, is in the last two seasons, besides this year, they've sat in fifth both times. They they've, were in the top four the majority of the year and then fell to fifth on the last day. So, for me, and that's with Leist, a Leicester City team. Imagine what he can do with, oh, I don't know, Harry Kane and Huming Song, one of the best duos in the, the world right now when it comes to production. Yeah. So, it's a big, that's, that's another big step moving forward. But that's really it on that that I have. All right. I like it. Um, all right. So last but not least, it is time for the MLS best selection. Boom, 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 boom. So the debut, Diego was the only one that got the MLS best selection correct. Oh, I had San Jose winning. They ended up with a draw, and then he had Austin FC winning, and they ended up winning three to two. Uh, this week, for me, my best selection, I have Charlotte over Orlando. Okay. All my right. best selection. Um, my best selection here, let me take a look. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Close your eyes and pick one. Yeah, right. Uh, for so my best pick one to flip a coin between the two teams. Yeah, so for my best selection, I'm going to go with LA Galaxy winning over Real Salt Lake. Okay. I don't hate that. Not right. a bad one. So with that said, <clears throat> and once my throat finally decides to clear up, Episode 80 is officially in the books. Once again, thank you all so much for tuning in week in and week out. Listen to the two of us just ramble about soccer. Hope you uh, have enjoyed the show. We will continue to do more of this. As Jones mentioned, this is year two, and it's been exciting year three. Prepare because we're ready to take this to the next level. Uh, I can't wait to hear his ideas. I'm I'm sure he can't wait to hear my ideas as well. Year three, we're, we're, we're ready for this. But uh, with that said, episode 80 concludes here. Make sure that you follow the Couch Guy Sports Network on Twitter, Couch Guy Sports, that's, that's the Twitter handle. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter as well, at Podcast Card. We're on Spotify, uh, Anchor, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, on YouTube, anywhere, you name it, we're everywhere. Thank you all so much. Until next week, see you later.